Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we are standing in the rain with our heads hung low. We couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold-out show. And speaking of show, it's time to review High Strung, a role-playing game about making it big in the music scene, but starting small. You know, like that part where you're on a long and lonesome highway east of Omaha. You see, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. So, for those about to rock, we salute you. Uh, cheeseburger in paradise. Welcome back to System Mastery. I'm Jeff, joined as always by my co-host John, and I, I don't know about you, John, but I am ready to rock. I'm so ready to rock and also perhaps roll. Ooh, I don't know. That's kind of daring. I mean, (laughs) may we? Dare we? (laughs) Mightn't we perchance to roll? (laughs) Ooh, should we choose to? rock and roll uh, so how you doing i haven't talked to you in a couple of minutes because we were just helping play taste a game mm, play taste yeah we were play tasting a game, and you know what it tasted like word tiles <laughs> this tastes like scrabble <laughs> wait it tastes like scrapple oh no it screw tasted... you everyone in i think that's what pennsylvania uh that sounds right to me it's what is it like a pork roll kind of thing I don't remember what it's Scrapple It's some kind is. of like flat disc of discarded meat that's been fried or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not that. It's just got a really bad name. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know. And you're right. It's Pennsylvania. It's a Pennsylvania Dutch food. Also known, by the way, John, as Pan Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. A mush of it, pork. Uh, it's a, okay, I've got the Wikipedia up in front of me now. It's a mush of pork scraps and trimmings combined with cornmeal and wheat flour uh, and some spices, which is formed into a semi-solid congealed loaf and slices of scrapple are then pan-fried before serving. Boom, what's up? Got it. <laughs> got it in one. Meat leavings that have been fried. What is up? Ugh. You know, I tried making slug burgers the other night, and and that's still uh, slug burgers are, are burgers where you make them cheaper by putting a bunch of stale bread in the in the burger before you cook mm-hmm. it. Okay, and it's supposed to be like the ultimate cheap Depression era, like Missouri style food, and it's actually really good. But that sounded gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know people from the area like swear by it. You get some scrapple, you put some ketchup on it or whatever the hell you do out there, and you go to town on that <laughs> pork-leaving loaf. I'm guessing that what you first do is get nice and drunk. <laughs> what you do is you get real wasted, and then you take some pork leavings, you mush them up with whatever you got lying around the house, you fry that bad boy up, and ooh, baby, you've definitely got something that's technically edible. Yeah, I think when I first said it was it was more like a, a rolled meat or something like that. I was thinking of Taylor Ham, which is like a New Jersey pork roll thing. I'm, we're just, you know what? Today's episode isn't going to be about High Strong, the <laughs> role-playing game about 70s to 90s rock bands. It's just going to be about gross meat from the East. Regional meaty treats. <laughs> uh, and then also from the West. We can, we can throw some spam in there, too, I guess. 
<laughs> so actually, for reals though, uh, you're doing okay because I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. It is not yet murderously hot, so that's nice. I can be in a room and record and not hate everything. That's true. That it is a nice day out. I'm realizing that I'm I'm playing with fire right now because I forgot to close and lock my door, so a two year old could come just wandering in here at any moment. Yeah, thankfully the three year old here is out for a drive because he that wanted to drive. That doesn't sound responsible. He was like, "Hey, drive me around." Oh, okay. That makes it. That sounds a lot more responsible now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so for real, High Strung is a game about playing as a rock band. Uh, it's a relatively recent game for what our purposes, for the purposes of System Mastery in general, because this is a 2014 game. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to pick this and do it is because it's. It's so very different as far as the themes go of just, you are a band struggling to make it. That's true. you know, it's not like, oh, this is a sci-fi thing or a fantasy thing or whatever. It's like, no, we are very specifically one story that we are trying to tell. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I like the narrative structure of this this whole role-playing game is bent around telling one kind of story and telling it as well as we can. That's a good idea for how to kind of start designing a role-playing game is to pick a story you'd like to tell and then sort of elaborate on over and over again and build around that. Uh, Well, yeah, there was such a period of time where everyone was trying to make, like, a universal role-playing system, maybe even a generic one. Yeah, some sort of generic universal role-playing system. Uh, They might call it, like, I don't know, Masterbook. (laughs) They might. Mm -hmm. They might call it the Palladium System. (laughs) D20 Modern, the OGL, and the names go on. Yeah, there was there was a period of time where everyone was like, oh, if we want our role-playing game to do well, it has to be able to be everything to everyone because we want to squeeze as much as we can out because it's such a tiny industry. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's always kind of, well, at least for a while there, there was a very strong drive to kind of build a universal game with the idea being that you were building a brand that why would people want to leave your game? If they want to play a space game this weekend, they can just swap out a bunch of books. And now they're playing, I, I don't know, like Savage World Space or something. For, I'm, I don't know why we're so hot and heavy on avoiding the word GURPS, John. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> it. I'm going to say GURPS proudly. Yeah, the, the thing is, I understand, like I said, wanting to have that and then also being like, this helps me get you know, as wide of a net to try and catch people as possible, but also allows me to sell any imaginable source book that I want to. That is true and as I well, really, yeah. I really appreciate the more modern idea in role-playing of making a very specific game. A game that does something. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you and I have both talked about before about how we're big fans of, like, the micro-game movement. And I feel like micro games in particular also work the same way because you don't have room to make a big elaborate. This game does whatever, uh, at least not do it well. And so so they tend to lend, lend themselves towards this sort of very structured and focused on a single type of story game. Honestly, when you said I picked this because it was very, I was really expecting you to finish it with because this game is very 40 pages long. <laughs> I didn't know that when I picked it. When I first picked High Strung, 
all I had done was read about it. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. An entire game that's based around like a band that's struggling to make it. I wonder how they turn that into an actual game. And then when I got it and downloaded it, I was like, oh, and it's only 45 pages. Well, fuck me. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's good for our purposes, given that theoretically we're supposed to be knee deep in editing book right now. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah, well, you know, the the uh the pandemic and everything has slowed all down all, all industries down to a crawl. Yeah. Anyway, uh this game accomplishes the the practice of playing as a band by giving you character creation tools to roll one member of a band per player and then you are supposed to assemble a band together uh via the ways that bands were assembled in the 70s through the 90s, you know, by putting up posters that are like ah drummer needed needs to own van. Hmm. But, uh, you know, it starts with the fact that there are six attributes for your character, and those attributes are, uh, thankfully, not strength and dexterity and stuff, but voice, fingers, dance, energy, cuteness, and smarts. Yeah. And the uh, beginning attributes, you get a spread to put on them. Mm -hmm. uh, attributes can sort of fluctuate during play. But uh, they'll go between 1 and 15. But to start, you have a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 to put in your attributes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and they all pretty much do what they say on the 10. They, they uh, Voices, basically, if you want to play the singer you're, or, or a backup singer, you're definitely going to want some voice. Uh, fingers is, is usually instrumentation playing. Dance is what it sounds like. Uh, and so on. Uh, right on down the line. So you put in the array out there, and then you're going to pick a couple of skills. And uh, I, I believe skills, they start, they go into skills next, but I believe you're informed on how many skills you're picking via the age range that you're picking. Uh, well, yeah, there's, the whole thing in this book is, I'd say it's set up a little weird because it gives you a lot of the things that you're going to make your character with up front, but doesn't tell you how to get them. And then it just tells you how to get them later. Yeah. Because not only is your like number of skills known, but you actually have like training that you get and the amount of trainings you get are what give you the actual individual skills that you have. And that, they change right. your attributes. Yeah. So, Right after you see what the skills in the game are, and there, and there are quite a number of skills. I think there's like 12 or something of them, and each one of them is keyed to one of the attributes. Um, once you get past the skills, you're going to look at the, you're going to start seeing the first thing in this game that's going to kind of run away with the game starting here, which is random rolls. The game, yeah, the I game mean, is largely God random bless rolls. It. I love random tables, so it's not a problem for me. Oh, no, I'm sure. But the first one you're going to be rolling when you're doing character creation build in this game is to roll your age. Uh, it's And just like every other roll in this game, it's a d20 roll. It's, it uses d20s for everything, including generic resolution of uh, mechanical resolution. It's done with handfuls of d20s. Yeah, it is not just a single d20. It is many d20s. Mm -hmm, which is never my favorite idea because the d20 is about as close as regular dice get to just being a ball and so rolling a handful of them is generally a disaster unless you have a, like a dice cup oh yeah this is definitely a game that if you were going to be playing this you would want to have either like a box that you were rolling into or you know just use a, a roller. fairly large die tower yeah or just use an online roller yeah 
Also uh, that. But you're going to roll your age on a d20 uh, with the various, like, age uh, ranges that you hit, getting a name, a, a number of skill points to distribute among training skills, and a bunch of attribute modifiers. And it also is the first place where we introduce the base kind of uh, currency of the game, which is not money, it's hope. Yeah, hope acts as both a currency to pay for certain things, but also as your character's essentially hit points. More because if you run out of hope, you're out. Yeah. Uh, and, and hope, you, you start with more of it if you're younger, you've lost a lot of it if you're already older, uh, and you lose it between sessions automatically at a rate determined by what kind of shitty job you have, besides being a rock band person. Because Yeah, because no one is just a rocker yet because you're still trying to make it. Yeah, you have to you have to be a person who's on the skids trying to uh trying to build up their career. Interestingly, you can't play as like a dilettante rich person, which kind of eliminates a lot of the actual stories of rock bands. <laughs> no, this definitely wants it to be the story of a band that was like, "Oh, we put in the time, we were just, you know, gigging around locally before someone noticed us and you have this very incremental movement forward rather than either being like, oh, you know, my dad owns a production company. And so <laughs> we just made it immediately. What's up? I'm famous rapper Chet Hayes. Uh, you might know me as Tom Hanks's worst son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but Colin Hanks is a national treasure, so. I'm just, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, the two of them should be making the new Twins film, because one of them got all the good genes, and the <laughs> other one got all the bad ones. I was just thinking about Twins the other day, John. It's a weird coincidence. Uh, so, Twins was the number one movie in the box offices in December of 1988. But let me ask you a question. The number two movie was also about brothers who met as adults. Oh. Can you name that movie? Ah, uh, no. Mm, it was Rain Man. Huh. Yeah. You know, I never think about Rain Man because I never saw it or cared about it. So it's, it very uh, rarely comes up to my mind. Eh, well, people are going to recommend it for Movie Mastery now, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, I mean, there's everything I can do about it because I'm the one who curates the list, so I can just not put it on there. And honestly, that's a good choice because ultimately it's a movie that co spy on star power. If you actually examine the story, you start to hate both or you start to hate Tom Cruise's character. Well, yes, I'm going to hate Tom Cruise's character regardless, most likely. I mean, this is before he got all Scientology. -y. He was still kind of, you know, this is his first big thing after Top Gun or actually after Cocktail. Yeah, well, this is this is the hey, I'm not just a pretty face role. Yeah, yeah. Except he plays a pretty face. I know. <laughs> I, but he's like, ah, I'm not just a pretty face. I can also act in a serious times movie. That's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the ages range from jailbait, which is when you're like 16 to 17 years old, to geezer, which is anything past 30. Yes, because for the game, you're really supposed to be a young up-and-comer, and if you're over 30, they're like, yeah, most of the people that are in bands gigging around are going to be like, yeah, this dude is, like, an old member of the, like, gig career. You're probably someone who is very close to just giving up and being, like, the house band for some fucking restaurant or something. Yeah, I mean, at least it's still there, so you can account for the occasional person who, like, starts their music career kind of later in life. 
Like, if you wanted to play as John Popper, you're going to need to play as a geezer because he Blues Traveler was around, but it didn't really start kicking into high gear until the uh, until the 90s. See, the uh, the thing with this is, of course, whatever age you get, uh, like we said, it determines how much hope you start the game with. Yeah. And it also gives you a bunch of attribute modifiers. So, yeah. of course, if you're younger, you're going to have uh, you're going to like up your cuteness and your energy because you actually have that because you're still young, but you're kind of dumb and maybe you're better at dancing or singing or something. But once you get to geezer, you're like, oh yeah, I'm smarter. I'm better at singing because I've got vocal training. I've been doing this for a while, or maybe I'm better at fingers because I've been playing. Right. You're young but and you're dumb and you're, you're full of something. You're full of hope. Hope. Yeah, that's what it is. Young, dumb, and full of hope, this game says. Mm-hmm. That's what Strong says. <laughs> uh, but then also you get uh, your skills. Yeah, you get 19. So, anywhere between, uh, I think it's 5 and 19 points to distribute in training skills based on your age. Yeah, because if you are anywhere up to age 24 that you roll, which I think is everything up to hippie. Yes. Then you get one type of training and that will tell you what style you started in. Mm -hmm. So you could be like, all right, uh, I've got jazz geek. I was in a jazz band, wanted to play something original, drifted into rock. It means the skills you can spend your skill points on are play instrument, flash, choreography, improv, and banter. Right. You also have a style, which is jazz, and you get another attribute modifier of fingers plus one. Yeah, and if you're now over if you're, 24, so if you're, what are those, like, adult or beatnik through geezer? Yeah, beatnik, yeah. beatnik through geezer, then you choose two of the styles because you've been around and you've probably tried to, to succeed more than once. So now you've got more options for what you can put points into, and you also get an extra attribute bonus. And, a bonus and another style. style. Yeah, because you choose style. I'm sorry, you never choose style. Oh, yeah, you do, because you don't roll training. So no, training, you actually get to pick. Yeah. Uh, so styles are just the types of music that you could be trying to make it big in. Uh, they may not be the style of your band overall, but if you, whenever you're playing a, uh, a a song that matches the style that you're good at, you get a plus one to your target number um, for every iteration of the current style if you're playing a song that is two of them. Yeah. So if you happen to be like, all right, uh, I'm, you know, 27, so I've actually got two trainings mm -hmm. uh, i'll go ahead and pick like pop and blues and at that point if you're playing a pop blues number you're like oh great cool i get plus two to my target number it's way easier for me to do this because i know how to play that but then each uh thing that you play as well that you don't have doesn't really mess you up because you're just like oh it's not my specialty but it's not like exactly there's, i can't there's not there's not a way that you're bad at uh any particular style there's only styles that you're good at yeah even if i was like oh i started out as a metal head and went into rock it you can play a disco song and it's not gonna be like oh shit i've got a penalty because fuck this uh, exactly. Now, now skills, you're going to be able to put one or two points into each one of the skills, which means that if you're playing as a geezer, you're actually going to have a hard time, outside of using specialization, even finding a way to spend all the points that you get. Uh, to go above two points in any given skill, you need to take a specialization, 
Uh, well, yeah, because you can get play instrument and be like, all right, you can have up to two points in that because you generally know how to play instruments. Like it will allow you to play a guitar or drums or keyboards or whatever. Yeah. But if you want to go above two points, you got to actually pick what thing you play. Yeah. Notably play instrument is, is probably not the best example choice because it's different than every other skill. When you choose play instrument, you also have to, at that point, choose which one of five categories of instrument that you can play. And then you can specialize further. Like for example, you take play instrument strings and then you can specialize in guitar. Yeah. Uh, but if you or take bass or whatever, yeah. But if you take like electrify, which is just like I'm trying to engage the crowd and make them like what we're doing, then specialties are things like emotional charge or seduce. Yeah, because that way you can be like, oh, how do I get a crowd going? You could be like, I'm out there giving emotional, like super high energy things, or you could be someone who's like, oh no, I'm, I'm like out there making love to the people in the audience like just metaphorically of course not not literally making love to people in the audience as you are playing just pulling courtney cox on stage and dancing with her i get it yeah yeah exactly uh the list of skills in this game is actually pretty interesting because again this is not a game about dungeon crawling so skills include things like electrify promote groupies which is just your skill at dealing with groupies yeah man i know We'll get into that. <laughs> one of the, right, right, right now, it would suffice to say that one of the three possible specialties of groupies is servicing. Yes. Yeah. So, just in case you needed to know about that, uh, and then there's a few more talking categories just for dealing with people with when you're not on stage. So there's sweet talk and banter. Uh, banter is an audience mechanic, and sweet talk is just chatting pe- with people. So it's like the one you use when you're talking to agents and stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you've got. Several that are skills that are sort of during the actual performance. So things like sing or play instrument or electrify uh, or choreograph are stuff that you're like, oh, cool. This is stuff I can do on stage. Mm -hmm. There's things like sweet talk and banter and even like promote that are, oh, okay, I can help us get stuff for the the thing and then you've also got a few that are like oh it's stuff i do before the actual thing like flash or graphics or whatever yeah there's a technical skill graphics are organized which are like great i can have this set up for the performance yeah yeah so you can you can have a bunch of technical like stagecraft skills that help you make your performances better as you make your way around the problem that you're going to run into and this is the point where we're going to more or less switch from character creation into gameplay is that there really isn't much you can do on stage uh because that kind of thing is almost entirely handled by randomized roles well not really yeah, it's a it's a i mean ultimately the I mean, I guess we can stay in character creation long enough to talk about jobs and family and friends and stuff, and then get into that conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, there's all like I said, there's only a couple things left. Yeah. I do like the family and friends section because it's just, hey, uh, answer some questions about your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have to roll randomly to see some sort of complication with a family or friend. So, yeah. like, you roll, and maybe it was, oh, you have, 
Like, you live and perform under a different name than the one given to you at birth, which you no longer use. What is behind the choice? You were arrested as a kid. So you have to elaborate. Kid. Yeah. You were arrested as a kid, but now those records are sealed and you're safe. What, what, what happened? That kind of thing. And you should roll on that table first and then go back and answer the family and friends table just so it doesn't contradict. But you're, you're going to go – there's a little section of five questions that, that you should go through when you're making your character, which is like, what are your parents like? Do you have any siblings? What are they all about? What's your family live? Where do they live? Who's your best friend? And then what is your thing that isn't out like related to music? What is outside of this that you actually care about? Yeah, exactly. And then finally, there's the jobs. And there are only three kinds of jobs because this is not a game about having a good job. So you can have a crap job, which just cuts three of your hope per uh between every gig, you're going to automatically lose three hope because you spent your time at your crap job. Uh, it's things like burger flippers. Uh, it, it automatically starts you with worse equipment and uglier clothes because... Yeah, you don't have the money to spend on it. Yeah. Uh, dead-end job, which is just a little better. It's things like receptionist or delivery driver. Uh, you start with basic equipment and you only lose two hope between gigs. And decent job, where you have like vacations and you get slight benefits to starting with st better equipment. And you still only lose two hope between gigs. Uh, you don't get to pick that, of course. That is based on your age that you rolled. Mm -hmm. yep, so, for... like, you know, if you're elderly or whatever, then, you know, you're 28 and you have a decent job. Grats. Yeah. It, the, the way it works is at 28, you have a decent job. At 30, when you become a geezer, you have a crap job because you're too tired to do a real job. Yeah, at that point, you've been beaten down trying to make it as a rocker for so long that you just can't stand having a real job because you're putting everything into still making it yeah so now it's time to talk about the resolution mechanic of the game how does this game take all the stuff we just talked about and make it work and uh well it's i mean it makes sense it's just a little uh what's the word i'm looking for cumbersome i guess basically you roll a number of 20-sided dice equal to either your attribute if you're rolling an attribute check or your skill rating plus one if you're rolling a skill check and the target no. number... The target number is the attribute. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you could do both kinds of checks. One second. Uh, yeah, you roll your skill value plus one number of dice. The target number you need to roll under in order to get a success on a die is the attribute that uh, is linked to the skill in question. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. So if I want to play an instrument and I've got, say, a two in it, then I get to roll three dice because you always get one plus whatever... And then if my fingers attribute, which is what covers play instrument, is let's say a nine, then any nine or less on the D20s would be a success. And you count how many you get. Yeah. Uh, this suggests that there's going to be difficulty hits coming up later in the book. And, and it's usually less about that than it is factoring up the number of successes everyone rolls and then comparing them to charts. Well, yeah, there's essentially thresholds of successes that you want to hit mm -hmm. in order to have uh, any show go well. Because yeah. you've got, like, usually you want to get seven or more is what the threshold usually is for successes. And now, when you think God, about that, it's so difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, you think about that, that pretty much means you have to be rolling as a group for, uh, at all times. Because you're not going to get most of your skills, you're going to have four dice if you're really good at them, which which or five dice if you're incredibly good at them, and then you can get uh, at most five successes. So it has to be teamwork driven. Oh yeah, and they have 
ways in order to do that. And it's whenever you're going to make a role for any given part of the band, uh, usually for a gig, you've got four, which will just be the vocal, the riff, the bottom, AKA the bass, mm-hmm. uh, or the rhythm. Now, yeah. when you do that, one of three things is going to happen for each player. Either you will take the lead and do the initial roll, and uh, usually you'll have whoever's the best at it do that. So if you've got someone who's like, hey, I'm a vocalist, I've put a lot of points into the vocal talent, I'll go ahead and take the lead on the vocal performance. Right. Uh, now everyone else can either help the lead, mm-hmm. and when they do that, they just get to add any successes they get onto the successes of the lead, or you can attempt to usurp the lead. And usually that will be if whoever rolled the lead fucked up real bad. Like if your guy with five dice in vocal rolled, got no successes and you're like, all right, well, I've got four. I'm the sort of backup singer. I will try to usurp the lead to give us anything. Uh, The problem is you cannot help someone who's usurping. Right, yeah, because they're they're doing something against the rules on their own. One of the things you're going to learn about this game as we're making our way through it, which is a surprise to me at least, is that it's kind of a little bit PvP. Yeah, there's a lot of aspects to this, and even more that we'll get into later, that are very confrontational between players. I mean, yeah. whether you're talking about usurping the lead here, uh, and just trying to like one-up someone else or undercut someone's performance in some way. Uh, yeah, because you don't need to, to try to usurp the lead just because the lead failed. You can also do it because you would like the spotlight. Yes. Now, <laughs> the problem I have with it is, at least with the like performance checks for like, oh, you can take the lead, help, or usurp, it feels like there's almost zero reason to usurp outside of essentially trying to either tank things or like if there's some specific role-playing reason you're doing it because when you help the lead what you do is uh you just decide whoever's doing that uh you roll your check the same way as the lead would. Yeah. And any successes you get add plus one to their successes. Right. Which means even if the lead rolled zero, the person who could have usurped the lead could instead just say, Oh, I'm helping. And anything I would have gotten on the usurp check would also be added. And other people can add to it as well. Yeah. Attempting effectively to save the performance. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting thing. Cause I feel like you wouldn't there's there's nothing in the game that says like oh yeah and if you usurp the lead you get a bunch of hope or you get a thing it's just yeah you you did that yeah the best i can figure is and the book doesn't elaborate on this but but the the best i could figure when i was reading through that section was well maybe it's because parties are going to be playing with mixed npc pc bands Maybe? So if you're like, okay, well, obviously there's a vainglorious asshole who's got the lead singer role just because he's the guy who started the band, but he's been really cruel to everybody, and honestly, his drug problem's starting to be a real thing for everybody, so this is our chance to take him down once and for all. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, except it fucks you to do that, because 
you want at the end of the performance, you want it to do really well because that's how you are going to get like hope back and also notice, which is basically the experience points in this game is notice. Well, hey, maybe maybe we're not thinking deep enough about the inner workings of the PvP of this game. Maybe it's that if you roll super young and you're like a 16 year old with 20 hope and the per- the lead singer is some geezer with six hope and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to tank his hope because I can eat the loss. <laughs> then i'll be in charge and he'll be stuck at a dead-end job fuck yes I, I i mean maybe maybe i guess interestingly right after we get through these super basic resolution mechanics we jump right into how to roll to see how many clubs are in whatever town you're in oh yeah this <sighs> this game has a lot of random tables that aren't the random tables that i usually like which are you know, random garbage happens, which it does have. There is straight up just a what could possibly go wrong table mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, uh, a member is extremely sick. So a buddy has to sub in and doesn't know the songs. Apply minus two to your target numbers for all checks. I mean, ultimately, when you roll something like that, you you think, OK, yeah, that definitely means that the band has to have some NPC PC mail, uh, like elements to it because if you roll that then i guess you have to look around the table and be like all right who's not participating in this this song because they're really sick apparently except i feel like you just have the guy do all the same roles as they would except now they're minus two (laughs) there's a couple different places i I feel like that pop up throughout here including in, in that table that feel like they kind of define what your characters have been doing without your input Yes, there is a lot of ways in which uh, this and the nasty cards, which we'll get into, essentially just tell you what your character does. Yeah. Not even like, oh, you want to do something or you need to accomplish whatever goal. It's like, your character does this action. Yeah, like, there's several of them where they more or less define things about your band that didn't necessarily need to be defined. Uh, for example, like if you roll an 11 on the bad things happen table, the roadies van breaks down, so they have to get a ride. This makes the band late. Apply a penalty of minus two target number to all checks. What if you don't have roadies or a van? Yeah, it's it's very strange. There's also, I think the, the worst one is probably number 15, which is just the whole band partied too much last night. So they all have hangovers. Apply a penalty of minus two N. And it's like, wait, that. What if you role-played what actually happened last night already? Uh, too bad. Well, well, don't. That's not what this game is. <laughs> no. I mean, we're a little more than halfway into this, and I can go ahead and say this is very much a board game that someone turned into a role-playing game, how it feels. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like, and that's what I've been trying to get at, more or less, is that this game feels like they forgot to put the board in here. Because there are so many things that wrest control of your character or pitch characters against each other in defining ways that would go against kind of the basic sanctity of this is my character, I'm controlling them, that, you know, helps to define how role-playing games work, that it couldn't work any other way. For example, one of the nasty cards, which are a mechanic you can use to do mean things to other players. If you're low on hope and you're starting to kind of burn out, you can use those to fuck with the other players to try and get some hope back to yourself. One of them is yeah. you report one of your other uh, bandmates for being an illegal immigrant and get them deported. Which, what? 
Like the that, fuck? That means you you automatically define one of the other bandmates in your band, presumably some PC player, uh, and they're like, ah, you didn't tell anybody. You're from Chechnya. You got to go back to your own country. And and they're like, no, my my character grew up in Nebraska. We talked about this. <laughs> we we know this. <laughs> This is known. Like, a lot of this game feels like it desperately needs an NPC or two in the band at all times for all of the various cards to work. But then it wouldn't work, because if they ever put an NPC in the band, everyone would just do nasty shit to them to drain their hope for their own reserves. Yeah. I mean, the the thing with the nasty cards is, at least with those, there's no gain or loss of a hope total no it just moves it, it around just moves it around yeah. yeah so if you're like you have that 16 year old with 20 hope and the geezer was six the geezer can be like oh i'm an asshole to the new kid and it gives me more hope and he loses a little and it's fine we can kind of try and balance things out right the problem is there's no real incentive then to be young and have more hope if all you're going to do is fuck with everyone else because the older guy has way more skill points and has more things they can be skilled in, extra attributes. But then if you're young, you're like, yeah, I I had more hope is one of the big benefits of this. But the game has ways of everyone just stealing that from me. Yeah. yeah. It's not like anyone can steal the you know points I put into those fingers quality. Yeah. Also, nasty cards are, you can choose one at the beginning of each session of play effectively uh and uh there's no cost to them so there's no reason not to do them if you're low on hope you should just always do something nasty to another player in fact well there's a reason not to because if you pull a low number you use a regular deck of cards that's true and if Bad you pull a low number you. you might give hope to the bandmate instead of taking it yeah for example the first set of because the way it works is use a regular deck of cards like john just said uh each suit has its own kind of theme or structure it's built around and then each number in that suit is a random effect on a table so for example if you draw the uh two of hearts which is the love and sex set then you attempt to lie about someone for whom a bandmate cares but they laugh at you because they see right through your lies and you have to give two of your hope to that bandmate uh but if you roll the ace of hearts or pull the ace of hearts then you successfully steal a bandmate's girlfriend or significant other or a groupie right out from under them and are proven superior for taking them away. That's, quote, the book. Uh, you take three hope from them and steal their girlfriend. Yeah. Um, well, three if you steal their girlfriend, two if you steal a groupie. There you go. Thank you. And I should keep also, saying significant other and not girlfriend. Yes, yeah, significant other is the official term. like an, it an italicized term in this. Mm-hmm. The weird part is there is everything else in this has a role and a way in which you would get it or lose it normally. The significant other is just role playing. Like you just say, hey, I've got a significant other or you're like, oh, I, you know, I turn this groupie into my significant other, but there's no role to do it. And it seems like. There's no reason to not do it. <laughs> oh, to yeah. I mean, okay. So yeah, you're right. There is no way to officially, like, via roles, convert a groupie into a significant other or to get a significant other in the first place. It's just a role playing opportunity. It's a chance to be like, hey, you should be my girlfriend or whatever. Uh, there are a few reasons not to do it, although they're kind of nebulously built. One of them is that they can be taken away from you by other band members. 
Uh, and another one is the hooked mechanic. Uh, because at the end of each gig that you play, you're going to be rolling to see how much you succeeded. And then you're going to roll a different chart to see how much hope you were able to gain by playing this gig this evening. Uh, and there are several different target areas of enjoyment that you can roll against to see how much hope you're you're gaining. Uh, things like, I want drugs out of this experience, or I want sex out of this experience, or I want fame. Uh, you roll, you have to roll well, on, go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's basically two different things, because one is the hope you get for the actual performance itself. Right, right. So you're like, okay, did the performance go well? Uh, if you get uh, more successes than failures, you get a decent amount of them. You can get upwards of three points of hope back. Yeah. Now... Usually, most people are losing three, if you've got a crap job, yeah. points of hope after every gig anyway. So it's like, oh, you had to perform real well just to maintain, which means most people have to afterwards indulge in something to get more hope. Yes. And that's sex, booze, drugs, or partying. Yeah, which is a simple D20 roll. You have to roll under a target number with a single D20, and if you roll under it, you gain some hope. Uh and if you roll a over hope. it, a hope. And if you roll over it, yeah. you don't. And if you roll a twenty, then you become hooked on the thing that you were chasing hope for. Uh, yeah, that... I was. I was chasing the brothers, and it turns out I got hooked on the brothers. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember any other lyric from that song, and they're not coming to me. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, but, <laughs> but but there's a thing where it says you get hooked on sex, which is we were talking earlier about how there's a lot of stuff about groupies in this book. This was the first time where I kind of felt a little skeeved out by it was if you get hooked on groupies, the, the description for rolling a 20 on, on the sex uh, hooked table is you become hooked on sex and immediately start cheating on your significant other and treat, treating groupies like shit. Yeah, which uh, that's a lot of narrative what? control to rest from your characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that what they're going for is not just like oh, I really like something anymore, but I have gotten to the point where I have an actual addiction to whatever it is that I was doing. Yes. And, like, sex addiction is an actual real thing that sucks a whole lot. And, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to treat people like shit, though. And it's... No, usually the person like who gets say, treated like shit if you have sex addiction, addiction is you. Yes. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, also a lot of sex workers and people who they come into contact with. But ultimately, what, what, I'm really, what we're really trying to get at, I think, here, both of us, is it's kind of weird that you have a 1 in 20 chance of developing a real mental illness, like, issue, which is, I don't know, it's just not great. And then, when you are hooked, you have a 1 in 20 chance of not being hooked anymore. Yes. Uh, because you can roll, and if you get a roll of 1 then you find a way to stop being hooked. Yeah, but if is... you roll the current hook value, because each time you do this, the current hook value increases by one. So normally, if you're not hooked on anything, you roll your sex roll, or your drugs roll is a good choice. Let's do drugs instead. You roll your drugs check, and if you roll a 20, oh shit, you're hooked on drugs. It's the only thing you can look to for hope anymore. And you change it, for your bad shit happens from a 20 to a 19 or 20. If you roll a 19 or 20, now it's an 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. So the weird thing for me is I look at that and go, all right, so if I decide, okay, uh, I've got a good smarts rating, 
and drugs is the target number is based on smarts. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's going to be the one that I try to do after the show. At some point I get hooked, I manage to escape, and then I would look at it and go, you know, maybe I don't roll for that anymore because I keep increasing the chances of getting hooked again. Yeah, I'll, yeah, you're right, because that, that increased target number never goes down. It's once yeah. you're once you've been hooked once, it's always easy to get hooked again. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean I understand the idea that like oh yeah but your smarts rating is still your best thing which means you've still got the best chance of getting hope out of using drugs yeah the uh, the groupie section in here because there's a section on how to like not attain necessarily but what happens when you've got groupies or significant others it's uh you you roll a target number to score with groupies so this is finally the game where you can do wenches in a bar but if you get more than three successes, you actually gain a hope out of banging groupies hard enough to enjoy it. However, it says, you may want to keep all that from your significant other. Great. Yeah, I guess if you rolled a really high cuteness rating, or not rolled, chose, you've got a yeah. really high cuteness rating, like you put a 10 in it and you're young, so you get a plus two or something. Then at that point you go, all right, I'm just going to not have a significant other, I guess, since I'm going to have to be rolling on, like, sex for my hope after a gig. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this game starts getting really fucked up around here, and I get it. It's because it's trying to represent the actual really fucked world, fucked up world of games from the 70s through the 90s, but it starts to get to a point where you wouldn't want to play this character because a lot of the narrative control is taken from you. Like, with the, the nasty cards, one of the one of the things you can do automatically, and it says at the beginning of the nasty card section, uh, if you play one, you are compelled to continue playing it. It must be completed once picked. And yeah, if you decide I want to pick a card at the beginning of the session, you have to play. You don't get to look at it and then decide whether or not you will. If you draw, it gets played. Yes. And one of them, like, okay, the King of Hearts is you poke holes in a bandmate's condoms or those of of their significant other. You are a bastard. You win. Take two hope from that bandmate. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in this. That That defines a lot of shit about a lot of people. Yeah, that is... The nasty cards being something that the game basically makes an essential mechanic for keeping certain players in is it's so fucked up because you're like, oh, you have to be a bad person. You cannot be a bad person and stay in the music industry, which I guess is a thing that they are saying, but it's also, I can't choose how I want to be a bad person. I am a bad person specifically because I slipped someone a laxative before a gig. I don't get to choose what I actually did to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it can't be, it's never playful. It's all horrible shit. Like the, the, uh, the clubs and partying one has a lot of, you try to roofie everybody at a party so you can take all their money. Yeah, and like the, the is- king of uh, clubs, that one is, you drug everyone at the party, including your bandmates, to nick bucks and drugs. You fake its effects as if it affected you, and you take a hope from two bandmates. Like, yeah. Okay, great. I guess I'm just the worst. And it's not like I decided that was a thing my character did. I pulled a card randomly out of a deck, and it told me I did this. Yeah. So, like like we were saying before we managed to kind of dodge and go to this kind of more interesting stuff to talk about, there are a lot of tables in this book that are just like, okay, roll how big the town you're in is. Okay, now roll to see how many clubs are in that in, in that uh, 
town. How many gigs are played each night at each one of these clubs? That's a random roll. You'll also want to roll how much regional to national importance each club has. Don't forget to roll to see whether or not there's a music critic who lives anywhere near that club and might show up at it sometimes, and then roll to see if they do. Yeah, the the uh, the whole thing about trying to decide, like, okay, here's the thing, and you get to figure out how many clubs are there, what, how important are these various clubs, and, like, what's your reputation, what's the agent's, does the agent, if you have one, has to roll for every club to see if they have an in with them, like, the amount of rolling that you have to do just to be like okay well i've i've made a character there was very little rolling involved outside of just randomly determining you know something with my family or what and my age but mostly it was just like i apply numbers where i want them to be and then you get to cool let's Let's play a gig. All right, let's roll 27 times and figure out what's going on in the city. And not just that, but also what happens. Because you roll before the gig to see if there's a problem. Then you roll after the gig to see how everyone did. Then you roll to see how much money you made. And there's not there's not really a description of the stage portion. There's not really a part where it's like, okay, now you guys are on stage. What happens? It's more like, you guys roll right before the gig. Then you roll right after the gig. I mean, you do roll for the show. You get to roll your vocals, lead, bottom, and rhythm. You get to roll electrify, choreograph, flash, and banter for the show. Mm -hmm. You get to roll all that stuff during it, but it's not like a lot of, hey, we're going to do this for the show, or we've got an idea for whatever. It's just, hey, man, roll roll some dice. What's your best thing? Roll for it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, you have a, you have to, there is a thing you have to roll before the show begins and it's all based on, uh, what size of club you're playing in, how often it is that weird failures are going to happen. They're significantly more common in local clubs, uh, 5% chance of a bad thing happening at a, at a national club. Uh, however, in order to be uh, successful at a national club, you have to be an amazing player. The general uh, success for a, at a national rated club, if you're playing at some place that everyone's heard about is like a five. Oh, yeah. So you'd better be amazing. Because if you go in there and you're like, all right, I want to impress people at this national club. They're like, all right, only rolls of a five or less are going to do anything. Like, oh, okay. Then there's quite a number of events that here's the thing I was talking about. The the performance, Uh, the central pacing mechanic of this game is gigs. Between gigs, you just go to your dead end job and role play if you want to. Uh, Gigs are you You may role play. (laughs) You may role play if you wish. Uh, before a gig, everyone rolls draw. That's to see the draw rating of the overall event, which is the number of people that are likely to show up. At the end of each gig, each person rolls music, which they choose an appropriate skill check for their music, and then they all total together to create your success rating. That's where you roll vocals, lead, bottom, and rhythm, and so on. At the end of each gig, again, everyone rolls show to see how well everyone did at everything. That's your chance to roll electrify, choreograph, flash, or banter. But note that you're not rolling these things between uh, during the gig uh, and separately. You're not being like, and then this guy steps up and does a wicked bass solo or whatever. It's all, at the end of the gig, roll this and then describe what this means. Yeah, because you'd be like, all right, I roll for my vocals for how I did for the gig. You're mm-hmm. not doing individual, like performances of songs you're just going how good were you overall yeah and this is the part of the game where it really starts to feel board gamey 
because you're like, okay, well, now what are we playing at today? Well, we have to roll a D20 if we're playing at a music festival to see what kind of music festival. If it's a regional festival, well, that's fairly important. A critic will always be present, and on a roll of 14 or less, this festival is simulcast over the radio, which will double your notice score. Yeah. And you're more like, that feels like a card shit in this. Yeah. There's a million little things that you have to track to keep, and ultimately, the experience, at least having read through it, the experience feels like you're not going to get a lot of time in to kind of feel like badass rock stars playing a cool gig or anything, compared to the amount of time you're going to be making sure you checked each one of these various little boxes before you rolled to see how you were going to do, and then how you did. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things that just is so weird to me is there's an entire thing about writing an important song Mm -hmm. important songs are uh songs that you actually give a shit about and everyone in the band when you go to make a song that is important will write down a an amount of hope that they are going to invest in the song and for there's a chart for however much hope you invest will give you some dice right and you've got to total everything up to see how much you get for dice. And it's kept secret because you could just say zero. Like if you're the guy that has five hope and you go, hey, we're going to make a really awesome song. We want something to be, you know, our single, our hit, our demo tape. And you're like, cool. I put in nothing because I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, because I have no faith in the band, because I am three hope away from burning out, and because I just don't have the mental investment to help invest in something. I'm too busy chasing what I give a shit about. Uh, It's weird because you think, why would anyone ever do that? Because it's just tanking the entire band because you are already kind of tanked. And here's honestly, you can even invest one hope, get you two dice to roll. So. Like, even just throwing one at one of these is great because the important songs are one of the few ways where you're really going to be able to get, like, you have a uh, rating for your band that goes from, like, in, like, I'm just a regional fledgling band, I don't really have much, all the way to sizzling, like, you're about to be a nationally promoted band. And your important songs that you actually get out there onto the radio or into a producer's hands are one of the few ways where you're going to be able to up your reputation. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the point of this game. Yeah, well, the thing that really eh. got me, the thing that really got me thinking about the whole like uh, pitching to write songs thing is they actually say, they give you an example of how it works, and there's a drummer in the band um, named Johnny Lumber who is a burnout and is about to burn out completely and lose the band, so he's like, eh, I only have like six hope left. I'm not investing shit in your dumb thing. And it even says, like, he's on his way out and he's not going to last very long. But then it says, the new band member, Lauren Sticks, has been added to replace Johnny Lumber, who burned out a while ago. And I'm like, why did he... Why did he bother lingering? If there's no penalty for dying and all you have to do is, or not dying really, but burning out and leaving the band, then why aren't you throwing Blaze of Glory points in, in benefit of the band and being like, how much, how much hope does old Johnny Lumber have left? Is it six? I'm putting in six. Fuck it. <laughs> I've already I mean, got another character made. His name is Johnny Lumber too. <laughs> His name is Billy Woodsman. <laughs> 
Yeah, Dick, the fact Dickie that Costco. You, you just every time you do something, if you put a new band member in, you're like, great, you make a new band member, they come in. Awesome. Uh, there's no penalty or anything to that, and I just join it, whatever the band's reputation is, so uh, yeah. I guess fuck it. <laughs> I think the best thing you can do in this game is to create a fresh face new band, uh, invest literally all of your hope into a new song, and then just replace the band entirely. Basically, play out the story of Menudo. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> I don't see any rule against it. There's a section here on how new members come into play. Uh, if membership of the band changes, such as if Johnny Lumber is dumped and the new drummer, Lauren Sticks, is added, the new musician can change the hope invested to each song in the gig list one time only, which means what you should really do is be like, well, I'm Johnny Lumber, and I'm going to burn out on writing this incredible song. All right, I retire. Hi, I'm Lauren Sticks. I, Johnny didn't have that much to invest, but I do. I'll put 18 more hope into it. Okay, goodbye forever. I mean, the thing is, the opposite is true if you were like, what do you do? Oh, uh, you know, Johnny Lumber comes in, he, because you can only invest up to eight points in it of hope into any given section. That is so correct. So like, yeah. oh, right, I had eight left, I put eight into it, and now I'm gone. What happens? Uh, Lauren Sticks comes in, do you want to change it? No, I will give no hope to that, hold on to it, and we get to retain the eight hope that initially went into it. Yeah, yeah. Like they they have this this whole section written up about how Johnny Lumber is being a selfish band member and he's like, No, I'll put a zero there. And I'm like, dude, you're about to lose anyway. Fuck it. The the game's over when you hit when you uh write a hit song so good that it gets six hundred plus notice or five hundred plus notice actually. You've been discovered at that point. So you might as well just pitch everything you have into that. It doesn't matter if Johnny Lumber makes it, the band did. Yeah, and that's why it very much feels like this should be a board game, because if you were able to be like, yeah, this is a game where, you know, everyone is sort of keeping track of their own notice or something, and there is a point where you go, all right, when the band gets to a total of, let's say, 500 notice, you've got one more round and the game ends, and then you total up and whoever's got the most notice wins, and you're like, okay, cool, great. That way you're like, oh, you're a band that everyone knows, like, the bassist for and no one cares about the rest of them. You're like, oh, great, you're Flea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, at this point, we've pretty much described the basic mechanic of the game, which is an incredible amount of rolling randomly to see what kind of gigs there are and how big they are and if you should travel and, and that sort of thing. There's a section on music festivals and a section on battles of the band. Yeah, there's also... We mentioned the uh, hope is what you pay for, like, agents and managers. Mm -hmm. So if you want an agent that's good or a manager that's good, you have to, you know, decide how as a group you want to pay them. Uh, yes. And they just sort of slightly help you, but then you're still only going to get at most, like, three out of the gig. So do you really want to pay for it? There's a there's a lot of random nonsense going on here. Yeah, I think one of my there's a section for optional rules in the back of the book, and the first one is called traits, and it's one of my favorite things in here. It's just a big list of of adjectives, and then it's like, hey, you can pick as many of three of these. Uh, you have to pick it. I'm sorry, you can pick between three and four of these. Those are the only numbers you're allowed, and then you get seven points, and you can put as much as you want into each one, and you can you can. Uh, uh, up to four points in each given one of them. So you can put things like hot-tempered three, 
Pious one, Poker Face two. These numbers don't do anything. They are not designed to. They're just to let you know how important that aspect of your character is. I loved that. Yeah. Seeing it where it's like, yeah, you can have traits and you've got points to put into them and you ha- you can only have a few of these. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Oh, it's it's just to help you role play. I'm like, the fuck? Why'd you then put all why those do I only have on seven it? points? <laughs> Uh, you can also just straight up spit, uh, trade hope for dice. Yeah, if you want to just go ahead and say, all right, I've got a bunch of hope and I want to, like, for this performance, we're playing at a national gig and this is super important. So you're like, all right, well, fuck it, I'll throw a couple dice at it. Yeah, and this is also reminding me that in addition to writing important songs, you have a bunch of other roles for when you premiere important songs and an additional whole collection of different roles for when you're recording a demo tape instead. Well, yeah, all of that is basically the the hope that you're putting into the important songs are then going into song premieres and demo tapes, because you have two chances per important song to gain notice from it. Now, <laughs> there's a section for rolling how common recording studios are in the town you're in. Yes, and oddly enough, recording studios are like third ed wizards that are specialized, because if I'm a recording studio that's like, oh, I, we specialize in metal. We're a metal recording studio. If you come in here trying to play gospel, ooh, you've got a minus two penalty to everything. I mean, I get that because that's actually real. Like, there are recording studios that have expertises in various types of recording. The part where it follows the specialty wizard category of them also being famously bad at other types of recording is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. And they're all specifically one-to-one with each other. So Eclectic and Classic are the two opposed ones. That one kind of bugs me because Eclectic and Classic are more or less the two that use classic-style instruments. You'd think that they'd they'd line up pretty closely to each other, but whatever. Yeah. Apparently pop and progressive. If you're a prog rocker, you hate pop rock. I mean, that that much is definitely true. Uh, R&B and punk are opposites <laughs> what's the opposite of rock just regular old rock or i guess metal uh, it's gospel air oh yeah yeah that's also true the opposite of rock famously of course is uh a little bit of scissors and a little bit of paper <laughs> uh it's interesting to me that they made funk and country the two that are opposed instead of punk and country oh no how is little punk nas and R&B. X, how will little nas x exist in this world well r&b and country is fine they're not oh that's fair like, you're right r&b can only coexist peacefully with punk which i guess means that these people had never heard of like emo music because there's no emo on the chart and that is definitely a, a, a lot of that is a mix between r&b and punk Oh, no, that would be the ballad style. Mm. It'd be ballad punk. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So these these styles in this game are pop, eclectic, classic, jazz, disco, ballad, progressive, funk, country, punk. Uh, so funk and punk. R&B, gospel, and metal. There you go. Just in case you were curious what they all are. Yeah. There's also a table if you want to randomly determine what your band's name is. I appreciate this, but it feels like... In a 45-page book, the fact that that's four of the pages is kind of a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do sort of like the the idea of... No, I like the idea of having, like, roll a d20, at least for the, what is the naming convention of your band? So you're like, oh, I rolled, I got a five through eight, it's an adjective noun. Oh, yeah, so it could be things like, uh, 
I'm the pink I'm Floyd the slashing boots. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny to me that when you look at the adjective noun pair, the first ones it suggests is like Led Zeppelin. But Led Zeppelin is I mean, I know it's supposed to be like goes over like a Led Zeppelin, but they spelled lead wrong on purpose for fun. Hmm. And then also the spiders from Mars. Yeah, well, neither of those words is an adjective. I guess from is the. Yeah, <laughs> that's a noun uh, noun pair. Na noun. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you got things like you could be the something or just a noun alone. Yeah, or, or Bible loca- reference. I appreciate that location is one of them because they knew of the supergroups of the '80s and so on. We had Asia, Boston, Kansas, Chicago. Oh yeah, they're like, look, if you just want to be a location of something, go ahead and do it. You don't have to just be one name on it. You can be Miami Sound Machine. Although, fuck you, Miami Sound Machine is an ex- a perfect example of an adjective nouned pair. They're the sound machine <laughs> from Miami. There's not a pl- town called Miami Sound Machine. I mean, <laughs> look, you tell if if you tell me right now, pr- conclusively, if you can prove to me that there's a town called Miami con- a Sound Machine, I will do that conga. <laughs> I will Come be on, un- baby. I will I will be unable to control myself now any longer. <laughs> Uh, it's it's fun it's it, it mostly it's it's more fun the first page of it to kind of give you this like hey, there's only really like six kinds of band names if you think about it kind of like high thoughts kind of thing that's kind of cute i also like that right after that they have the here's how you randomly roll a club name so you're like what did you get oh uh we're gonna be playing at the daring monkey Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess we're playing an opening gig at the Daring Monkey. <laughs> Welcome to, hang on, I've got this, Our Elemental Rocket. <laughs> hey, Our Elemental Rocket sounds way more like a, a rad band than it does an actual, <laughs> like, place to play. Uh, let me try one more. The Gray Club. How am I Welcome doing? Welcome to... My mom's scarlet ballroom. <laughs> Man, I was in your mom's scarlet ballroom last night. Thank you. Oh, set up and put back down. Uh, just like your mom. <laughs> yeah, I was in your mom's extreme cavern last night. <laughs> There's a lot of those. Uh, anyway, I mean, overall, the problem with this game, I, I don't know if we can stress this enough. It needs a board. And some yeah. cards. It just needs those things. But I think we're pretty much through the book, so I guess it's time to talk about our favorites and least favorites. And John, I'm going to turn to you and ask you, uh, what's your favorite thing about this game? I mean, my favorite thing about this is probably the fact that it does try very hard to replicate the whole, like, you're trying to be a struggling band that's making it. I mean, I appreciate that they weren't just going to be like, Oh, everything's great and you can only gain experience because so many role-playing games are pretty much just you get better and things are better for you. Whereas this has a way where you're like, no, you could, you could lose a lot of hope. You could fuck up a gig. You could do a lot of things that suck. And it also has that whole, like, there's a seedy underbelly, like in order to maintain your passion for something, you have to like turn to outside sources and it wants to play that behind the music level like everything was fine until johnny got hooked on meth i think that's a very interesting thing to do in a game 
And that's my favorite thing. I like the fact that they knew what they wanted to make and bent everything towards that. I appreciate that the game is, that the character creation is simple to the point and actually makes sense around the needs of the game. Like, it, the only other times I've seen anything where you play as like a rock band, there's a Fate core game that does it. And then I've seen some OGL stuff that does it. But they always try to take you know, combat mechanics and, and actual social interaction mechanics and force playing as banned people into that. And it never works. This is specialized and focused on that, that genre and it pays off. Um, plus the fact that it's very simple to create characters in this game helps kind of reinforce the concept that you're not really playing as characters. You're playing as a band and the loop is that people are going to come and go. Yeah. I appreciate that. It, it gives you a, a an out for playing as like a Bon Scott or a, a Shannon Hoon. <laughs> or maybe that band broke up. I don't remember. Ah. So uh, so there you go. Uh, what would you say is your least favorite thing about this game? Uh, I definitely think that the adversarial nature of a lot of things in this is my least favorite. I, I may as well just say the nasty cards are my least favorite thing in this because it takes, like we had mentioned, so much agency away from you. Yeah. It tells you exactly how you are nasty to someone. And it, when you pull it, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, whatever I drew, like one out of 52 different things will happen, but I don't have any say in it and it might do nothing. Like, there are, like, for every card you pull, basically, a third of it is it screws you over, a third of it is screws someone else over so you get a benefit, and then a third of it is nothing happens. There's no change. Right. It's ultimately, it's very disappointing because it's overly randomized. Like, if you could pick the suit that you were going to be drawing into... So you could be exactly. like that. That would be part of that would be something at least It's notably specifically the suit choice where you're like, I have no idea what kind of shitty thing I'm going to do with this party. Uh, role playing doesn't factor into this. Is well, kind especially of if you're like, I have a character and their high cuteness. Uh, they're actually currently addicted to sex and I'm going to try and, you know, do a nasty card and. You'd think, oh, I'm going to pull from the, like, sex and love category, obviously, because that's what my whole character is about. And you randomly pull one where it's like, you get everyone stoned. You're like, what? My character doesn't... I've never given... Wait, why? Yeah, you're like, oh, my character's a Boy Scout from Wisconsin, and he's fresh-faced and kind of a rube about the world. And uh, he's he's just a ni the nicest person you could ever. He doesn't have any kind of understanding of the seedy underbelly of this industry. Uh, he just got out there to play church music and strum his guitar and have a military haircut. Anyway, I'll pull a nasty shit card. Oh, I, I tried to steal the band's drums. <laughs> I stole everyone's equipment and sold it. <laughs> well, I got these magic beans, fellers. Yeah, it's it's so weird, and that's why. Like, as much as I can even understand what they were going for with the whole classic, again, behind the music, band in fighting, like, horrible shit that people can do to each other in that situation, it's too random and too much of a situation where you don't have input. Yeah. So and Nasty Cards is going to be my thing. And I am going to uh, also be talking about things that are too random in this game, but I'm going to choose the, like, rolling to determine what your city is like kind of stuff. Like, it, I don't want to roll to see whether there's anywhere between four and six 
recording studios in a town. I I don't care. That's yeah. all just that's all just chance generators. Like if you're like, okay, well, our band is a gospel band because everyone in the band is a gospel performer of some kind. So, well, first of all, what are we doing with a bottom section? No one's playing bass here. Hey, you're Christian rock at this point. Yeah, oh, you are. Okay, that's fair. If you're if you're switching me from gospel to Christian rock automatically, I would have called that a ballad thing, but whatever. Um, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but that's not even the point I'm making. All you're doing with this recording studio junk is seeing what the chance is that you roll a gospel studio to see if you get that target number reduction. But it's still, it has to be all broken down by like population numbers. It's like, oh, a city as big as New York City might actually have as many as 10 recording studios. Yeah, the only problem is if you're like, oh, we set it in a small city for no reason. All it does is make things harder for you. I guess that would be the difficulty modes of this. Uh, actually, like, oh, there easy is, a... is megalopolis, and then hard mode is small city. Well, no, that's actually it. It doesn't quite work that because the larger the city you're in, the more likely the clubs are to be of national or or uh, regional importance, which increases the difficulty of succeeding there. Yes, but you don't have to play at those. I get that's true. You could choose to only gig at like cheap clubs that that you roll up, but the the I guess, yeah, you're right. There's really no reason not to want to start a New, a New York or something like that, which is kind of funny because a lot of the the uh, narrative of the rock band that starts out from the sticks is usually they start in the sticks. Yeah, but with this one, if you start out in the sticks, you're just asking to have things be worse for you because you're like, all right, well, turns out there's only one club to play in in this town, and if we happen to randomly roll that we got kicked out of that club, we aren't allowed to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, Same and that thing can't with, happen. There's only one recording studio in this town, and it turns out that they're the favored style that we hate. So right. if we try and do anything there, we're minus two to everything, and there is no other option. I mean, there's no hope cost to just move, so I guess you just move and roll again. It's the same thing with the problem where where you look at the, uh, oh, my player's running low on hope. Fuck it, I'll dump all his hope into the next thing I do and then just summarily replace him. Who cares? Hmm. Uh, in this case, you'd be like, well, you've rolled up small town Ohio that you wanted to make. Welcome to Tinyburg, Ohio. Uh, there's one recording studio and all it does is R&B and you're like, oh shit. Okay. Um, well, I guess we'll just go to the Smallburg next door. Who gives a crap? Hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll go to Mediumburg, So <laughs> we've got a better chance of stuff. Let's go to Largeburg. Let's go to Bigville. Does that have a Superman in it? I don't think it does. Let's go to the city of Townsville. <laughs> the town of Citiesville. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm, I was going to say that, like I was saying, to get back to the original point, my least favorite thing is largely those pointless kind of frippery rolling mechanics that would be better replaced with just, it, since this is a role-playing game, they would be better replaced with just narrative, you know, describe yeah. the small town you're in. And then the small town you're in should be conducive to the kind of music that you're going to generate because that's your arc. That's the beginning of the story. And if it's not, it should be a story about how you got rejected from your small town and you left. Not just that, oh, it was hard here, so we stayed here and had to roll against a harder number. Yeah, it's a... A lot of it really does feel like it should be, like, there is a deck of cards for clubs and you flip them over. That way, instead of having to roll 27 times, you're like, here they are. I just flipped them over. <laughs> 
Yeah. It like, didn't take me like five minutes to sit there and go like, all right, I rolled a five, which means I need to now roll on this. That's a 10. I'll be honest. Right. My, my first thought on reading this book was like, I wonder if there is a cooperative deck builder game that is building a rock band because it would be great. I mean, not that i know of i know rap gods exist but that's more individual rappers rather than a band right yeah it would probably be a little bit more pvp as well because it's going to be kind of mixing it up between them and having beefs and so on where here the idea is to see the band succeed yeah i uh i don't know the thing is after reading this i'm like man to get to the the last question of would you play this i feel like i i would but i'd rather play a board game of this yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I mean, com- completely there with you. I I am curious as to which rock band game came out before this uh, happened. Because <laughs> there are a few mechanics, specifically there's a lot of like Rock Band 3 style mechanics that feel like they're built into the mechanics of this game as well. So I'm wondering if there is some inspiration that, that went in that direction. Ooh, there is Band Manager the board game. Oh, well, there you go. So it does exist. We are not... We're not getting there first. That's okay. We don't design board games. That's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's the same as this. There's definitely plenty. I mean, given how many fucking zombie board games there are, you can make more than one banned board game if you want to. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, to be fair, zombies are unreasonably popular in games format. They just, they just are. Everyone loves zombies. I mean, it's easy. It's super easy. It's easy, and you can kill them with no moral quandary exactly yeah so okay well anyway i would also probably play this game once or twice just because i feel like the bones of a good game are in here they're just buried under an unnecessary number of d20s yeah it's definitely a game that if i was playing i'd be like cool uh i don't want to do like a full campaign of let's be these guys until they make it but i'd want to you know mess around randomly roll some dice see how some gigs go but uh yeah it it definitely doesn't feel like it has legs for an extended game. No, and you know, a small game like this doesn't necessarily have to have that, but it it does feel like it is built trying to build in that direction. Like, the point of the game is to get discovered, which you can't do over the course of a session. You're going to need to play a couple of different rounds of the game to get there. Yeah, you have to build up, like, 500 to 600 notice, and unless you manage to get ridiculously good rolls on, like a demo tape or a song demo or whatever, then you're just not going to be able to do that for a while. Yeah. Ultimately the concept of playing this game for more than one night in a row is the same party doing the same basic thing kind of feels like it's going to be a wasted opportunity because not much changes. I mean, sure. You can roll to see if you're in a different town, you can roll to see if it's a festival or just a gig at a club or a battle of the bands or so on. But still, no matter which one of those events you're going to, you're going to roll your draw, your notice, your, your uh, talent, your performance rolls. They're all going to be pretty much the same thing. You're going to calculate your number of successes, give yourself the number of hope at the end. It, it, uh, it doesn't really have enough variety of play structure to lend itself to campaign based play. Yeah. I mean, there's, I've definitely played enough board games that have aspects to it where you as a player start looking at the random things that happen and start role-playing what's actually happening in the game. And I feel like that's the level of role-playing that is going on here where you're like, oh, I don't have a decision on something. Random things are going to happen and then I'm going to start role-playing in reaction to what happened. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. This is a role and then we'll explain what just happened for the past hour. 
game, which is yep. an interesting. It's an interesting concept. It is an interesting solution to the uh, the occasional problem you run into in role playing games where. You're like, oh, I'm going to do a cool description before I swing my sword at the orc. Oh, I'm going to jump off the side of the wall next to him and do a double spin in the air and then bring my sword down on him. Oh, I rolled a three. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> I indeed did not. So having a post or, or a, 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 a roll before the description is a smart way to get around some of the potential problems. I think, uh, I mean, ultimately, with a little bit of re a revision, this could be a really, really good game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the bones of it are very good. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's that's uh, rock. Excuse me. That is not rock band. We're not calling it rock band. <laughs> that is high strung. That's rock band, baby. That's rock band. We just finished reviewing rock band one, two, three, and four for the Xbox and Xbox 360, respectively. I've been Join Jeff. us in two weeks where we'll be doing Guitar Hero. <laughs> a retrospective. I honestly never got into Guitar Hero. I was a rock band man. Oh, I got the first Guitar Hero and played the absolute fuck out of it because <laughs> it was finally they made a home version of Guitar Freaks, the arcade game that I absolutely loved from back in the day. Now, if they want to win me over in that fashion, they're going to need to give me a home version of that Aerosmith game where you get a machine gun and you shoot CDs at people. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, a gun that shoots CDs at people. Oh, yes, I do. That is exactly what I mean. I want that to exist for real so I can shoot at easy people. Thank you. Obviously, how did you know exactly what I wanted? I know. We've spent enough time together that I know when you mean you want to shoot CDs at people. I do. I want to kill people like the villain from, what is that, Hellraiser 2? That's my goal in life. <laughs> uh, fun story about me, John. Out of the Hellraiser series, I have only seen Hellraiser 2 weird i know i have a problem with that all right everybody thank you so much for listening uh as always we've got bonus content we're gonna go make characters in this game we're gonna go make cool music dudes i shouldn't say rock dudes because who knows maybe we'll make r&b legends well you have to be a rocker it's what style of rock oh okay i didn't know that all of those things i didn't know gospel was a style of rock yeah it's what did you have as a style beforehand and now you are a rock musician. Except that the recording studios specialize in a lot of things that aren't necessarily rock and roll. Well, okay, they're okay, it doesn't matter. specialized it, in those styles. The, yeah. the game says you're a rocker. Okay, everyone's a rocker. Regardless of what your style is. That's fair. Everyone's a rocker. And if you want to hear what our rockers look like, you're going to go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $1 level. There, I got us back on track. There. You want more bickering? Go to patreon.com. We're barely bickering. <laughs> Don't you tell me what level of bickering we're at. <laughs> I would say right here and right now, this is a four on the McLeary index scale of how much bickering this is. Nah, I'd say it's more like a six. Doesn't even go to six. The scale goes to four. <laughs> look, maybe the old one, if you'd look at the new revised scale... Uh, the new revised scale is for cowards. <laughs> you are a coward and a simpleton, sir. <laughs> All right. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. We don't have anything else to plug this week, so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all in a week, and you have a good one. Bye.